I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, Finding Yourself in Life's Little Moments. Hi, dear listener. I hope this finds you very well and safe and sound in these uncertain times and amidst all that's happening. I hope wherever you are, you're okay. So this evening, and it is evening here on the outskirts of Sydney, Australia, where I live, it's almost winter, June 1st technically when winter starts and winter here isn't like it was back in the northeast United States where I'm from where there'd often be snow and ice and frigid temperatures it's not really like that here it is usually the coldest would be in the high 40s Fahrenheit or 50s in the day it would get into the 60s as it is these past few days but it's a big but the wind here on this peninsula at the outskirts of Sydney is vicious the gusts come over the water and or from land onto water, and they can reach 40, 50 mile an hour gusts as they have been yesterday, last night, today. The palm trees are blowing and I can see them from my window in the daytime, and at night you can just hear the wind moving. Now, for anyone who is like myself from the Northeast United States or other cold and wintry parts of the world, one would imagine that 40 or 50 degree Fahrenheit or 60 degree Fahrenheit temperatures are really not so bad. But, as I was going to say, the problem is that most of the buildings are neither insulated nor have what we would call central heating. So no forced hot air, furnaces, hot water radiators, baseboard, heating elements, nothing like that. So when I get up in the morning, I sort of have this routine. I kind of call it the dance of the space heaters because I heat this place with space heaters. Some people seem to manage without heaters. It's amazing to me. But I've been doing all I can to try and figure out how to stop the drafts coming through. You know, it's almost like become a science for me. What places I need to tape, 
to seal, to tighten, you know, it goes on and on, to cover with curtains. I mean, that's, that's the thing. So anyway, that's my life. Right now, it's not, it's not a bad life. Dear listener, I feel blessed, frankly, to live in this place. Today, it was so windy. You see, I, because I live on the ocean, the wind was coming from land onto the water, so we call that an offshore wind. It was offshore. It was going out to sea. It was coming from the land out to sea. And what that does is it tends to create extraordinary waves, I mean, huge waves. So I walked along the ocean and marveled at the surfers out there, marveled at the waves, the power of the waves. And for me, walking along the ocean is a deep meditation and a lot comes to me. So I'm going to share with you in this podcast something that came to me actually yesterday and that has been deeply moving to me since it struck me as being such a profound and cherished memory. And it's a memory, dear listener, of my dad. So I was looking online, I was curious because, you know, sometimes your mind does that, right? You go and you think about something from your past and sort of maybe search for some aspect of of it, an old house or place where you lived, a person or something, right? And I was looking because I was thinking of my dad. And I was looking online for pictures, thinking I might be able to find photos of the house where he lived in upstate New York in the Adirondacks, the Adirondack Mountains. He bought, in 1970, a rambling Victorian overlooking Lake Champlain, and it was a place that I began to visit, you know, at that time. After he bought it, I grew up down near New York City. He had left and sort of started a new life, and part of that was settling up in that part of the world, which was quite a few hours from where I spent most of my childhood near near New York City. So anyway, I was thinking about him, you know, and looking online. And I found pictures of this house in Westport, New York, this rambling Victorian. And it had gone up for sale and was sold a couple of years ago. So there were pictures left from that sale, you know, interior shots and exterior shots and it showed the front, it's double-storied uh, porches, ornate balconies and um, shuttered windows. It was a grand place. It had actually been run as an inn for many years. My dad bought it when it was sort of in a state of some disrepair, um, when the economy had gone south, as they say, up there. So anyway, I found these photos. And every aspect of detail 
represented in those photographs of the interior of that house and the exterior, the grounds and the three-bay garage and an outbuilding in the back, trees. There had been a pool. There was a pool in the backyard. All these things were familiar to me. And you think, you know, dear listener, that somehow, well, maybe the house itself, that would evoke the most memories and bring me back the most strongly to that time, to my dad, to my beautiful love for him and time with him. But you know, it wasn't any of those things. It wasn't any of those things. It was actually a tiny detail. And one of the pictures was of that garage, which he built for three cars, three big garage. And the photo was of that, that building separate from the house. And in the corner of the photo, almost tucked out of view, but just there, was the small gas tank that my dad had purchased. A tank that had a handle that you cranked to dispense the gas, you know, for your cars or his lawnmower, etc. And you know, dear listener, that's the thing that brought me back to him. You could see the crank in the corner of that photograph I was looking at. And because I knew what that that tank looked like, I could imagine the rest of it. But what flooded my memory most, seeing that, knowing that his hand had so many times grasped that crank to dispense gas, you know, and turned it and turned it. I could imagine his hand on that crank. I would go up and visit him from where I was living for many years in western Massachusetts. It was, gosh, a three or four hour drive. Sometimes I'd come up in the winter. Not always an easy thing to do. And um, I would stay a few days and visit with him and then head back down. And after he'd gotten that tank where he could have gas on the property and dispense it that way, he would ask me, he would say, Jesse, let me fill your tank and give you gas to go back home. And he would take such pride. I don't know that I can communicate it to you, but there was something about his having that little tank whereby he could put gas into my car and help me in that way to make the trip home. And sometimes, you know, I would be hesitant because sometimes my dad, you know, I knew that his finances were not always that solvent or full, let's say. And um, so I felt like, well, 
Maybe he needed the gas, you know, for himself. But now as I think about him and I think about those moments when he wanted to help me by helping me make the trip back home and giving me the gas for that trip, dispensing it himself from that tank and almost the pride that he took in having that tank. You see, dear listener, these are the small things, you know, these are the small things. That feeling that someone might have of pride, of feeling a kind of pride like, you know, happiness. It's pride as in sort of joy and happiness. It's hard to describe. I don't feel like the words really do it justice, you know, really. But he had a sort of sweet kind of pride that he could offer me this thing, that he could help me in this way. And as I looked at that photograph and saw in the corner that handle, the crank that he had turned to dispense gas into my car so I could make the trip home. And then it, you know, after the tank was full, he would look and you could see there was like a meter on the tank and you could see how many gallons had been dispensed and he would tell me, he said, oh, I was able to, you know, that took 11 gallons, which was kind of most of the tank, you know, which meant that it was nearly empty and that he was able to help me like that. He would feel that pride to be able to see how many gallons he'd been able to help me with and the fact that it would help me and probably get me all the way home. So, you see, dear listener, these are very small things. They're almost moments that could be missed. I think maybe I did miss it, the significance of it back then, that he could help me like that and loved helping me like that and had the ability to help me like that with this tank that he was proud of. You know, not everybody has a tank on their property where they have the convenience of that. He was proud to have it. He was proud and he was happy to be able to help me. So this is a teary podcast. I didn't, I felt it was probably going to be like this. Maybe I should have said something at the beginning, but that's what came to me when I saw that picture, that photo online. You know, it wasn't all the details of the house and you know, the grandeur of the house and all that. It was just that simple handle. A 
attached to that square metal tank that held gas. Petrol, as they say here where I live now. And what allowed him to, with pride and happiness, be able to help me many times when I'd come up and visit him. So, as I've been walking on the on the beach now, looking at the waves at night, when it's dark, I can walk there. There are very few people, so it's really a blessing. And I look up at the sky, and I look up at the stars, and I think of my dad, and cry and cry and cry and cry, and feel him near. I felt him near when I was just walking at the water's edge. I felt him near and I felt him comforting me and saying to me, Jesse, I'll help you. I'll help you. And my feeling his presence, uncannily so, dear listener, uncannily so, feeling his presence. And those moments of his helping me because he had that, that little gas tank that he was so proud of, his being able to help me then and help me now it's like one thing. And now that he's no longer with me, embodied, he passed about a year and a half ago. My heart feels more guess you could say, undefended, raw, open. I feel him near. Such a strange paradox that when someone's no longer with you, embodied in your life like that, you're sort of opened to be, to feel them, them, their presence near. It's so strange. It's so strange. So, I guess with that, I'll bid you adieu with something I wanted to share. The music that you're hearing in the background was my dad's favorite. It's called Canon in D by Pockle Bell. And he'd always want me to play it for him. He loved it so much. So I play it now for you, 
and in the beloved memory of my dear dad, who I still feel close and near. So take good care, dear listener, okay, in these times in which we're moving through. Take good care and warmest wishes now and always, now and always. <laughs>